We were looking back at 2023 with one of our favorite uh, uses, the Stock Traders Almanac. Jeff Hirsch is the editor-in-chief and took over from his father. They've been doing this for over 40 years. But uh, as sort of the new generation comes along, there is an e-newsletter, the Almanac Investor. Jeff Hirsch joins us again right now to take a peek at 2024. Thanks for coming back. Good to be with you. So tell me about... 2023 was a gift. I mean, I uh, I don't. So is there so a handful of yeah. Well, yeah, it was not a, not a very good gift. But it was. I mean, 2023. Not a lot of people saw this coming, and, nope. and so the, the the question is: Can the can the momentum continue? You you're charged with putting out a forecast for 2024. Mm-hmm. So without giving everything away, because I know you sell it, what do you mm-hmm. see? Well, first of all, I mean, we were negative and bearish in 22 and got bullish in October of 2022 when nobody had the, uh, had that, not nobody, but few had, had that. Coming into 23, we were very bullish pre-election year, all the different uh, uh, macroeconomic and, and fundamental and technical analysis we're looking at was pointing to. A positive year with the Fed winding down, and, and but, but, but a recession was a given. Everybody knew no, we were going no, to have a recession. We, in we, con- we contended and still contend that we had our recession in the first two quarters of 22 with the back-to-back negative Q1 and Q2. Just because the NBER changed the rules, and so that could have for COVID and to fix, you know, to make it, you know, okay for the way they were looking at it, doesn't mean that that changed the reality. Most other countries and most other economies in the world judge a recession by two negative quarters of GDP. Yes, there are other factors, but we contend that that was the case. And then, you know, with the everyone's th- watching this yield curve inversion thing, it's not as accurate as everyone likes to make it seem. And the fact that the Fed is different than it used to be. Back in the old days, we did some research looking back into 81 the minutes where they were listening to the bond market and saying that, you know, there's a minutes from Volcker saying, well, if the if the interest rates go out of this window of 15 to 21 percent, you know, then we'll adjust our rate. Now, recently, they've been trying to front run and tell the bond market what to do. And that changes the dynamic. So we've seen that all level out. We were not looking for a recession in 23. But the one thing that I did say several times at the beginning of the year, especially on our webinars and our and our newsletter was the one thing I was most concerned about was not being bullish enough for 2023. Our best case scenario was wow. 15 to 20 percent. Uh, we did that. NASDAQ blew through that. Um, you know, we have a, a, a technology boom. There's an, uh, another forecast that I made a long time ago in 2010 for Dow 38,820 when the Dow was at about 10,000 based on one of Yale's old school, older uh, uh, cycle discoveries of 500 percent moves following war and inflation in the stock market, they made it 76 and accurately forecasted that move. But jumping to the present and to looking into 2024, you know, we've got a sitting president running for re-election. Politics aside, that provides a certain level of certainty for the market, whether you, you like him or not. You're, you're going to have similar economic, civic, and market conditions based upon the sim, same party being likely in power. If that changes, that, that'll, that'll change the calculus a little bit. But... Um, We've got this momentum carrying us into to 24. We've got uh, all seasonal patterns and cycles working. We've got uh, the economy improving. We've got 
you know, GDP probably going to be a little bit quieter than it was most recently, but yeah. the job market is strong. Consumer confidence starting to pick up. I don't know if you've been out there in the world shopping or, or looking around. It's busy. I mean, I know I'm in the New York area and, and, and it's sort of like Rome, uh, whatever. But uh, uh, anecdotally, yeah. uh, people seem to be out there spending money and living life and going to restaurants. So um, go on. Yeah, I, and one of the other things that, that kind of gets lost in all this, because it's been a, a marvelous run this year, is that we have just finally crawled our way back to old highs. It's not as though mm-hmm. this stock market has blown through old highs and, you know, is taking on, on a lot of gas. I mean, you, you would assume it has to rest. But so you're um, bullish. Your forecast is I, bullish? It doesn't have to rest. I don't think it has to rest. I think we're just we're just reclaiming these highs. I mean, my forecast base case is – you know, eight to 15 percent next year. Um, you know, we give that about an 85 percent probability. Uh, you know, you can go check out the base, the best case and the, and the worst case scenario at, at you know, on our website. And, and you can take out a free trial there if you want to look at that. But, uh, you know, with this, with the other factor of the super boom, the, 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 the big, you know, secular bull market is technology. You know, the things that that move the previous uh Big secular bull markets, you know, the, the Roaring Twenties, uh, post uh, World War II, you know, uh, post Depression, and then, and then, you know, the seventies, the eighties, you had things like the automobile. You know, we're talking about culturally enabling, paradigm shifting technologies, airplane travel, the internet, the, the interstate highway system, the internet, the microprocessor, AI, and and that sort of new technology that we're seeing right here that that increases productivity. Um, is is part of that, you know, boom equation with inflation's coming down and you know yep. general peace on earth. But even though there's some some hot spots right now, all all, go, all good points. Let me ask you about something else because you've been doing this a long time. I know you're looking over your father's shoulder for a long time through this. What are the major, standing on, standing what, on them? <laughs> one of the major things that's changed out there is. You don't have as many individual stock investors. It used to be we'd say, well, there was a big, always a big rally after the 4th of July because everybody would make these great, how wonderful America is speeches and they'd run out and buy stocks or the market would sell off when the president was out of the country visiting because you didn't know if something bad was going to happen. But the fact is everybody uses ETFs and, and, and mutual funds now. It seems like it would change some of the dynamics. It doesn't. I mean, we still have that mid-year rally from the last three days of June through mid-July. We call it Christmas in July, where NASDAQ, you know, is up. This, so, so it still happens just because the, the ETF guys are still buying the same stocks. They're still and people are still buying the ETFs with the same way they buy individual stocks. And, and I, I, I beg to differ. I think there's a lot of stock buyers. I hear all people want to talk about are stocks. Watch, you know, you got these stock shows on, 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 on cable TV with all, what do I do with this stock? What do I do with that? So everyone's looking for this, still looking for the hot stock. So I, I don't think there's less stock investors. I think the ETF industry promotes that. Um, we pick our own stocks. We pick better stocks than, than, you know, you see everyone wants to know, what do you think of Apple or Google? It's like, I don't care. Yeah. That's why I buy the Qs. But when I want to pick stocks, I go through and I run my screens fundamentally, and I do it at the right time of the year, like late, you know, early fall, and I look at technicals and fundamentals, and we screen for stocks that are acceler- you know, exhibiting acceleration of growth and revenue earnings, undervalued with price to sales and PE, and under Wall Street's radar, underfollowed by analysts, so that when those 
numbers, you know, start to get realized by the street, the stocks go up. You know, we had super microcomputer a couple of years ago at 8193. Just the kind of things that come through our screens. That's understandable. Well, I, I hope you're right, and I hope the, the rally can continue because it sure is a lot more fun than, than the opposite. The uh, Stock Traders Almanac is uh, something we keep around for comfort. We've been talking with Jeff Hirsch, who's the editor also of the newsletter, The Almanac Investor. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Great to be with you. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.